This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go. It's the panel part of the program. Every weekday afternoon at this time, topics worthy of discussion. For Pizzaville, dial pound 3636. Friday edition sees Michael Giles. He's been in government 30 years at different levels. Now chief of staff to Deputy Mayor Anna Bailau. How's Michael? I'm very good. Sunny ways survived. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, that's what you call it. <laughs> Kelly Harris is back with us, the principal of Harris Public Affairs here in Toronto. How's Kelly? Great day for talk radio, John. Thank you for that, Kelly. <laughs> and the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, the former NDP MPP for Parkdale Hyde Park. Sherry, good to have you on board. Always fun, John. Always fun. Well, you know, it's fun for me, too, because uh, invariably the climate change issue comes up, and uh, you're always a go-to person for me on that file. Uh, certainly now when we've got 15 or 16-year-old Greta Thunberg out in B.C., and earlier today there was a climate rally where 15 youth filed a lawsuit against the government for actively and knowingly contributing to climate change causing harm. You think they got a case? Uh, there are cases like that all around the world, and uh, probably not, but too bad. Um, I mean, uh, I, we, we're going to have to deal with it. It's, you know, it's going to cost us, you know, the government from $21 billion to up to maybe $90 billion by 2050 if to NDP deal with it. If the NDP gets in. Uh, if, if we don't deal with it now. Okay. So, but so, but you don't think this has any merit or legs? It's not going anywhere. I think it has merit, but I don't think it has legs. Okay. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but I think it does have merit. Yep. I see. All right. So it's political theater more than anything, Kelly. What are they going to win? Like, are, do do their parents going to they going to kick them out of their house because they just sent their taxes up because they sued the government? Like, where's this pot of money going to come from to pay for these? These lawsuits, if it goes forward, now it's a it's a crazy lawsuit and. Let's be honest, BC's got the, they've got the best air conditions in the country. They've got a carbon tax. Shouldn't the carbon tax, doesn't mean that everything's perfect because they've had a carbon tax since uh, 2007? Well, it was supposed to be revenue neutral, and that sort of slid by the boards, didn't it? You worked out in BC with Gordon Campbell, didn't you? Yeah, I was one of the chief salesmen of that puppy. Uh, It was revenue neutral uh, for many, many, many years, and the idea was, of course, that you reinvested in uh, carbon neutral products and and, um, carbon reducing products, which they did for many years, and that was the idea behind it. What went off the rails? Um, Don't know. I wasn't there when it happened. Oh, okay. (laughs) Maybe that was it. You were the linchpin. As soon as you left, the thing went off the rails. It's possible. Well, okay. Uh, Here in this province, you know, uh, because Doug Ford has famously fought against the imposition of the federal carbon tax, or cap and trade, I guess, uh, so they're going to take this to the Supreme Court. There was some question as to whether he would pursue that, you know, the outcome of the federal election. uh, It was contingent upon that. Now that uh, they say yesterday they're going to take it up to the Supreme Court. Good idea or no, Michael Giles? Well, I mean, it's, I think it's it's sort of both, and I knew you'd, I'd take that position, but it's sort of both. It's it, from politically from from the premier's point of view, it's it's uh, it makes sense. That, you know, take this to the Supreme Court, get this resolved finally once and for all, and uh, also get a lot of attention out of it. I mean, there will be media attention, and and the issue will be sort of kept front and center as it goes through the the, the Supreme Court process. I'm assuming they're going to get leave to hear it. So, um, if not, they may not. They may you know reject it and just let the the superior court ruling stand, but uh, it, it gets a lot of attention, and maybe that's why, you know, maybe that's why he's doing it. He, they made a commitment, you know, I mean, everyone's saying, well, you know, there's a mandate for the Liberals uh, just last Monday not to do it. He, you know, the Premier will argue there was a mandate for him to do it, because he said he would fight it, so this is just one of those things they'll go, I, I, mean, I mean, he's almost at the end of the track here anyway, so why not just go the extra, I can see why they would say, why not just go the extra 50 yards and go to the Supreme Court and get a final decision one way or the other, because he so, could win. Well, okay, and so just we understand the dynamic, or the impetus behind 
behind it. If I got it right, it's uh, not strictly about, you know, fighting this philosophical position on climate as much as it who has jurisdiction. It's That's a right. jurisdictional argument, isn't it? I mean, he doesn't want the provinces <clears throat> to be dictated to by the federal government. And there's an important principle in play, isn't there? Absolutely. And this, this was actually the first, I think, as I recall, the first major test of this kind of jurisdictional power was in the 1930s with regard to aeronautics because there was no national uh, right to have aeronautics. Obviously, when they did the, the uh, British North America Act, there was no such thing as planes. So that was a big fight, and the, the Supreme Court ruled in favor of the federal government, uh, basically saying there was a, a, a logical reason why they should control that because you can't have 10 jurisdictions controlling airspace. Will it happen here? I'm not sure, but I think you're absolutely right because going down the road, if uh, if there's a win or loss here, either side is going to obviously leverage that as they make future decisions about things. Now you got Alberta, they're claiming that, and even in Saskatchewan too, the premier out there saying, look, you know, uh, maybe we got to revisit Confederation and look at the equalization payments here and, uh, you know, everybody's role to play. Sort of, this election has opened a can of worms, hasn't it? Well, good luck with that. I mean, I, I think Doug Ford has about as much chance as the kids in BC with I'm their climate change. Kenny, well, I think Kenny I, out there, Scott Moe out there. I, what are they going to do? Where are they going to go? Um, yeah, I, well, it's not uh, where I, they're going to go. They may go to the Supreme Court. Um, fair enough. I, I mean, I, I think, again, at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to deal with the reality of climate change, which is a reality. It's happening. They're going to have to, somebody's going to have to pay for this. Um, so but it's not what a climate change do? argument. I'm talking about a constitutional arrangement that may need to be re-looked at, re-looked at, uh, because, I mean, Alberta's tired of sending money to the federal government that subsidizes a lot of things, say, in Quebec, their $7 a day daycare. But, but that's, that's a total myth. I mean, Alberta is, you know, gives, gives about half of what Ontario gives to the federal government and many other provinces. I mean, this is just hue and cry. But, this is public relations, and I think it's public relations for Doug Ford. It's public relations for, for Jason Kenney. Um, and they're playing to their base. Got it. But, I mean, really, are they going to do the Quebec route? Is this, uh, it, this is yeah, not gonna, there's talk of that. Uh, well, there's talk of that, but good luck with the reality of that. I mean, I think at the end... End of the day, um, you know, as the as the wildfires spread and as the price goes up, um, they're going to actually have to deal with the reality. And the reality is, the climate is changing. Okay, and so uh, whatever Justin Trudeau decides from the catbird seat in the nation's capital, uh, everybody's just going to have to deal with it. You don't have any say. Sit down, <clears throat> shut up, fold your hands, and get to work. I mean, let me ask Kelly. I mean, is there a danger? Not a danger, but has, you know, it opened a Pandora's box here, the genie's out of the bottle, because a lot of people are disaffected by the outcome of the election. Well, as you know, Joan, I'm, I grew up in Calgary. I've never seen anything like this going back to 1980 when we moved there as a family, and it was short, uh, two weeks after Ralph Klein's Eastern Creeps and Bums Go Home comment. Um, Alberta's got serious problems. They've got serious problems with the oil industry. They've got serious problems with their with everything that's going on in that province, as does Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan's somehow doing a lot better, but you can't just say to a province, sorry, you're not allowed to rely on your resources. And I think that that's what's happened. And I do think that there could be an argument made to the Supreme Court saying, how can you give me the equal, demand that we do the equalization at this level if we can't access ways to pay for the equalization? And when it just, thing about climate change, I'd like to point out, Ontario, why I think Doug Ford has got a decent case 
is because there's another part of the climate plan that Justin Trudeau has put forward, and it's to remove all coal-burning facilities by 2030. Well, Ontario did it by 2015, and we've already paid the expense of that with lost manufacturing jobs, with higher energy prices. Why should we have to deal with that plus deal with a carbon tax when other jurisdictions in Canada haven't had to deal with coal at the same time as Ontario has? That's wrong. And that needs to be looked at as well, and that needs to be considered in anything that goes to the Supreme Court. Well, that's one of the arguments from the provincial government, that they're meeting the Paris targets in large measure because of the cancellation of the coal-fired plants. And, and, and that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, do, Does the federal government have a right to create taxes that provincial governments have already shown the right to create? For example, British Columbia, as we talked about just a little earlier, or does is it a federal tax across the board? Because then they would have to take over the BC tax. And what level of taxation is it going to be? Uh, it's a Pandora's box on this, but I think it needs to be targets. This is what your target is as a province. This is what you need to reduce your, your carbon by. And if you've done that, you can do that by whatever way you choose. It doesn't have to be a carbon tax. I don't think there's a constitutional right to have a carbon tax. Well, and I think that's where the debate, the, the judicial debate will be about, because the Constitution basically states that the federal government has the legitimate and legal right to uh, direct and indirect taxation, whereas provincial authorities have only the right to one of those. Uh, the federal government has extended that right to the provinces, you know, through its its its, its powers occasionally to do certain things, uh, like a provincial income tax. Um, and, the, you know, the ultimate power the federal government has is under the general spending power, which provinces don't have, which is another constitutional provision where they can essentially spend on anything. Um, so, the, yeah, no, but speaking about Alberta, I, I think there is concerns, you know, and, and I think it's easy for us in the East and to have this perception that, you know, what are they screaming about? I think there is genuine anger and de- genuine, you know, challenges to our confederation, and we should not ignore those. We ignore those at our peril. Same with Quebec. You know, you, you look at it, this is a country that on an election night essentially fractured. You have the, you know, the, the West, you have the central part of the country, you have Quebec. And uh, that, that, that is of concern to me. I mean, what if they hold, you know, I think somebody was saying, what if they hold a referendum in, in Alberta, for example, to say, let's stop doing the equalization payments. And, you know, 65 or 70 percent of Albertans vote in favor of that. And it just stops transferring the money. What do you do? What's the outcome? Well, in fact, that's what Jason Kenney is floating. They're looking at doing just that. Earlier in the program, Conrad Black was on. He says there's a greater risk of Quebec separation because now they would make the economic argument, not absolutely a cultural one, because they got the best economy in the entire country. That's right, absolutely, they do, and they I, have their deficits going down, everything else, yeah. I mean, Alberta has a one-trick pony economy. If you have an economy based on one uh, source, and that source is going the way of the dodo bird, you've got bigger problems than, you know, being, being angry at the federal government. You should be looking at diversification. You should be looking at greening your economy. You should be looking at those aspects rather than relying on oil when it fluctuates so wildly even now, and, and it will only go down. I mean, manufacturers are moving to electric cars. Look at the way the world is moving. You can't just keep being the same economy economy in a changing and fluctuating world. And that's their that's their true uh, problem. And we're subsidizing oil hugely. If we took those subsidi- subsidies that we, we put into oil and fossil fuels and put them into greening those jobs, perhaps they'd have a chance. Well, you know what? Alberta may have a chance. Jason Kenney uh, signaled the other day when he passed his budget, by the way, a 7.7% reduction in the public sector workforce. Uh, that ain't insignificant. And I think like 20,000 people lost their jobs. But he's also talking 
talking about dropping the corporate tax down to 5%. That's going to attract a lot of business. A lot of people will find that to be a jurisdiction favorable to companies, entrepreneurs, and, uh, well, capitalist investment, uh, direct foreign investment, which has gone missing from this country. It's down like 80% in the last five years. So maybe Kenny's on the right track as far as that's concerned, looking to diversify. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.